Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany, my podcast where I share all about health and wellness. And if you are a longtime listener, you already know these things. And if you are new, I really appreciate you, you joining. And yeah, I know there's a ton of other podcasts that you can listen to, and there's a, a lot of other things that you could be doing, but I love that you are listening to me right now. And I hope you learn a lot from these episodes, as I always do when I interview my own guests. Today is no different. I am diving into thought work and the unconscious versus the conscious mind, and really what we can do about this. So, you know, as I mentioned in this episode, I learned a lot about this a couple of years ago about how we can change our thoughts and how it really dictates our life. So it's like this narrative of like your thoughts become your words and then your words become your actions and then your actions become your reality. And yeah, I dabbled in this a few years ago when I was living in New Zealand and I learned a lot. And so now it's cool to do another episode on it with somebody new and with a fresh uh, take on the subject and continue to learn about that and continue to learn that we can control our thoughts and we can change them and we can choose to be more positive. We can choose to have healthier thoughts while still honoring maybe the more negative ones as well. So not necessarily just being like super positive all of the time. You know, there is that like sense of, of realism there, but just being way, way more mindful of them. And that's what we dive into today. But we, before we do that, I actually am recording this a couple days after I just had a PRP treatment on my face. And I talk about this on social media, but PRP is basically platelet-rich plasma. And I actually got PRF this time for the facial instead of PRP. And I think it's platelet-rich fibrin. And so basically what that means is that when they're doing this facial, which is like also called the vampire facial, they basically take blood from your arm and then they inject it underneath the skin and then put it on top of the skin as well, because it has so many healthy platelets in it and so many healthy nutrients in it that it really revitalizes the skin in this way. And so if you choose PRF, there's actually more platelets in it than PRP. So I just got this done a couple days ago by my friend here in Vancouver, who's a naturopath, and she always lets me come and see her, and she does great work. And it's been fantastic, and I'm excited to do another three sessions with her because it really helps with fixing like any scars that you have or any acne blemishes that you have, as well as like dark circles under the eyes and wrinkles and fine lines as well. So for me, I found the biggest improvement on helping with my dark circles under my eyes and scars that I have from previous blemishes around my chin and also like on my forehead. And it's pretty wild when I look back at old photos without any makeup or anything on, and you can see the difference in like color and pigmentation to now where my skin has been like revitalized, rejuvenated with this natural PRP and PRF. And is really just like way more glowing and way more full and vibrant. 
So if you've ever been interested in Botox or Xeomin or filler or anything like that, if you're like, oh, I want to do something like that, but I want to do something more natural and that's going to have like long lasting results, this is my go-to and, and something that I really, really love to do. So definitely check it out. You can look at my Instagram. I posted a reel about it and I linked who I see there. And if you have any questions as well, just shoot me a DM because I know it can be not, not scary, but like a little intimidating before you get it done for the first time. I want to give a shout out to one of the reviews I've gotten recently. I've gotten a bunch and I love getting these because... It's just awesome to get feedback. It's great to see how many people are listening. And yeah, it's just great to see the show is growing as much as it's growing. I think it just hit over 42,000 downloads or maybe unique listeners last week, which is really cool. So, which is also just wild to think that at one point I've been in that many people's ears is just nuts, but it's also really exciting. And if you do leave a review, I really appreciate it. And it really helps the show to get seen and heard and top the charts, which I also have like interesting stats on. I can just read out. I, cause I get notified once a week on like how the show's doing. For some reason, I trend really high in Turks and Caicos. So shout out to everyone who's living the dream out in Turks and Caicos listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening. Can I come visit you please and hang out in the sun? That would be amazing. And there's a couple other places too, but that one just made me smile because. I just would love to be there right now instead of in the rain in Vancouver. Yeah, so this epi- this review is from Charmera B. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But she says, highly recommend this show. Brittany and her expert guests share value-packed episodes on all things biohacking, nutrition, and how to improve your overall health, energy, and performance. Lack of energy is such a huge problem I see, especially if you are a busy, driven individual who strives for growth and achievements in all areas of your life. Highly recommend this show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that review. Like I said, every single review matters and I see everything, all of them. Even if you write the show and you don't leave a review, I see it. So I appreciate the time and the effort it takes to do these things. And last but not least, a shout out to this week's sponsor, Inside Tracker, my favorite. I have really been working hard on my health in the last few weeks. I've started running every single morning and 20, 30 minutes, two, three K and with my golden retriever as well. I've also been really intentional about the different foods that I'm eating and getting enough sleep. I'm actually trying to improve my HRV, which is a whole nother discussion because my HRV for April was really bad. Like probably the lowest I've ever had in my entire life. I don't even want to talk about it. So I've been diving into that. Like, why is it so low right now? Are my stress levels too much, et cetera, et cetera. And Inside Tracker really helps with these things. So they test all of your nutrients. It's an at-home test. They come they measure 43 different biomarkers. You get the results in a PDF. You get the results on an app. You get so much information and it's really, really helpful because it's like a snapshot of where you are right now and what you need to do to improve your health. And I'm actually going to set up another test. I just did one in March, but I'm going to set up another one to do 
I think in June to kind of see if some things I've been working on have improved. Like my HbA1c was a little too high for me and some other things like that. I really just want to fine tune some things that have come up. And so I will let you know how that goes. Enjoy this episode. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned next week for another episode from me. As always, they drop every single Thursday, usually Thursday morning Pacific time. And you can leave a review on iTunes and Spotify now as well, actually. So go ahead, feel free. And I would love, love to see that. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I feel like I say that every single time, but that's my intro. And today is no different. We have another wellness expert joining us and we're kind of talking about one of my favorite topics that I started exploring a few years ago. And it's mostly about our thoughts and kind of what we can do about them and what they represent and kind of yeah, like how much control they have over us and the conscious mind and the unconscious mind and all of that good stuff. So I have Dr. Ryan Holfert joining me and he has helped thousands of patients upgrade their brain, energy, and longevity. So welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Brittany. I I love talking about mindset. And it's funny because a lot of times we're on video. I like your the audio recording, but you can't see me nodding when I'm agreeing with you. That's that's the one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So how did you first get started on this brain health and mental health journey? Oh, man, I've always, you know, loved fitness, loved health ever since I was a kid. You know, the whole mindset journey, that probably started Man, everything I say, a lot of times I say it's five or six years ago. I feel like everything was five or six years ago, but it was probably longer. It was mid 2015, like around that time where my mentor, it was a friend of mine that I'd known for 20 some years. We reconnect in, in 2015, he reached out and he had started this institute called the Mindset Performance Institute. And it's funny how things work out and how our unconscious mind sends out brain waves and people connect with you when your your teacher appears when you're ready. And he wanted my input on the whole on this program that he was creating. And so one thing led to another, showed me the modules and the program. And I, I fell in love because it took me back to when I was a kid. And even at that time where as an athlete, in just very simple terms, as an athlete, like playing basketball, playing baseball, when I would phrase things a certain way, like if I was going in for a layup in basketball, and if I said, don't miss it, a lot of times I would miss it. It it just, it led me to that. I'm like, man, that it's amazing how the the brain and your mind plays a role in what we're creating in our body and in our actions. So that's where I got heavy into it. I did a mentorship with them and he showed me these four pillars, which I'm sure we'll go over. His name's Brian Grasso, and it's part of the Eliminate Your Limb Mindset System. And I wanted to just throw that out there because, again, I, I don't take credit for this, but this is why I wanted to come on your show is to, to present this because it's so important for people to understand how the unconscious mind, how our thoughts lead to our actions, habits, and behaviors. Because, I, I mean, this finding basically blew my mind when it was said, according to the National Science Foundation, so 80% of the 60,000 thoughts that we have every day are negative 
and 95% of those negative thoughts occur over and over again. So we have these stories that we keep telling ourselves over and over again. And that's the dominance of our unconscious mind because these thoughts are not all conscious. Our brain, are of these thousands and thousands of negative thoughts or thoughts in general, we are only conscious of maybe seven to 12 at the most at any single moment because we just don't have the bandwidth for that. So 70% of the information in our unconscious is actually negative. And that's why 92, again, people set goals all the time, the New Year's resolutions and whatnot. 92% of the time, people don't reach them because I love people taking action, but if they have a negative story around that action or this internal dialogue or this belief that they have, it doesn't matter how much action you take, you're going to fall back to the level of your, essentially your mindset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when I first started thinking about like thought work in general, it was a few years ago and I kind of heard the same thing. Every day we have 60,000 thoughts and so many of them are repetitive. And what really changed for me was, I, I don't know if I heard it on a podcast or something, but someone was explaining you have this many thoughts and it is impossible for every single thought to be a hundred percent representative of you in your entirety. So that was like so mind boggling to me because you think like, Oh, I'm thinking these things that must mean that's the type of person that I am. But mm. actually like your thoughts don't fully represent yourself. Like you have so many thoughts, like how could they, hundred percent be accurate of who you are as a person. And when I first started digging into it, that was when I was like, Whoa, like I can step back from my thoughts and watch them happen. And I don't have to believe them or take action on them. And I can just kind of be removed. And that's like mind boggling to think about things like that. It's so, so different. Yes. I, I love how you said that you can observe the thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of experiencing the thoughts that turn into the, the, the negative feelings that we might have or non-serving emotions that when we get these non-serving emotions, it can lead us to do unhelpful, non-serving things in, in, in our actions. So yes, exactly. Yeah. And do you think like most people, do you think most people just like closely identify with their thoughts and assume it's accurate and assume there's nothing they can do? Or do you think generally people kind of know that they can change them? It's both. I think they can think other people can change them. Like, why don't they change instead of them seeing like, it's always easier to give advice than to take your own advice, right? right. <laughs> so yes, it, it depends because they might think they can change and they want to change, but they don't know how. Or they don't know that it's going to take time and effort. That doesn't take force because the more force that we put into it, the harder it is. But it does take effort and work. And I'm all about the simple, everyday, consistent work that you need to put in to get the results that you want. Because what happens is when you put this work in, and we'll go over like these four A's in a second, right? After I explain this, when we put the work in, we get to that this last A, which is called adaptation where we adapt our, all of a sudden, it's just it just one day we're going throughout our life and we respond to a situation differently than what we had maybe 
three months ago or six months ago. But it's not a you know one time, one size fits all. You find out what works for you. But this last A, which is called adaptation, it's a passive process. It's not like you're trying to like, okay, I want to change, I want to change, I want to change. We can have all the want we want and put out there, but that you, you still have to put in the work. So these four A's is, again, this is what this model is based off of. So acceptance is A, A number one. We have to accept that we have a story and it might not be serving and we have these beliefs. We all have them. We all, we have things in our life that we want to improve. I do think people definitely want that, but sometimes we're so distracted, we don't know what those are. So acceptance is the first, is just very simply accepting that there's another story that you can have. The second A is awareness. And now a lot of people talk about that as just being aware. We have to be aware, but unless we accept that there is a different story or a different meaning to our story. Because if, if you have a, a, a internal dialogue about things that have happened in your past, that is a story. But there can be different meanings to that. You might have experienced it, whether it was something traumatic like being abused or whatever, or missing a layup in the state championship game, whatever it is. We have that story, but what is the meaning of that? So we have to accept that first, become aware of what that story is that narrative, that dialogue that we're telling ourselves over and over and over again. So bringing that unconscious into our conscious and out of the shadows. So awareness is the second A. The third A is accountability. So now accountability is just how it sounds. And that's why I, I have the moniker or my you know brand, if you will, is called Be Your Own Guarantee. Very, very similar. We have to take accountability for our part in the story that we created or the meaning behind the story that we created in our lives, which leads to the beliefs and our actions around that. And then, like I said at the beginning, the fourth step is adaptation, is the passive adaptation. So by using those first and going through those first three A's, now we lead to the adaptation. Now, this is the model and it follows very closely to Maslow's stages of learning, right? Is the unconscious incompetence is we don't know what we don't know, which is very similar to the acceptance. Then we have the conscious incompetence where we know we're doing something that's not as helpful as something else. So again, that's like the awareness. So now we go into some journaling or whatever it is. Again, we'll get into the four pillars in a second, which is the action steps in order to retrain the mindset. Okay. So now we start doing things. Now we're, we become consciously competent, which again, that's the third stage of learning, which is closely related to accountability. So conscious competence means we're doing it right and we're doing what we want to do, but it's not automatic yet. And the automatic part is the last step where it's the conscious, or sorry, unconscious competence, where we've had so many reps, now we're, we're just doing it automatically. And that's the adaptation. So I just wanted to get it in that context because your listeners might've heard it in those terms and just to, to relate those. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super helpful. So for those listening who might not necessarily understand the difference between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind, like how would you describe that? 
Well, the best description is, so the conscious, sorry, let's go back to the unconscious first, because that is our, our, our conscious, sorry, unconscious brain is our primitive brain. That's something that its main goal, and it sits in the back. Again, if you saw me, I'm pointing to the back of my head. That's our, you know, midbrain. And these that control our automatic processes, our breathing, our digestion, things that we don't have to think about. So those are seated back there. And one of the things that also is in that the primitive part of our brain, it controls our emotions. So in what our brain's number one job, the unconscious is, is to keep us safe, is to keep us in survival, not in survival mode, but it wants to survive. That's the number one goal, no matter the cost, no matter if it's you being unhealthy and unhappy and whatever, it just wants to survive. So at every moment of the day, it knows where you are. And again, your unconscious mind, it knows where you are in space, relationship to gravity, in these inputs whether it's a visual, auditory, your smell, your sight, your sound, touch, balance. These are all called inputs and they go into the unconscious brain and it interprets that data. It says, okay, is this safe or unsafe? And based off of that simple little interaction there, it decides what those inputs mean and then gives us an output, whether it's a thought, an emotion, the words, the actions that we take. So again, it, it, it's the, the threat bucket analogy, I call it, or a threat uh, loop, if you will. So our brain works in this loop where it receives inputs, it interprets and decides what those inputs mean, and it creates outputs based on that interpretation. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be a real threat, like a real physical threat. It can be a perceived threat, and a lot of times it is, especially in the world that we live in. We see something negative about us on social media, or somebody says something uh, to us that we don't like, and now, okay, that's an input. Now our brain's like, okay, what does that mean? Oh, no, I, I don't like that. So now we start thinking those thoughts, and we start feeling bad, and start using not the serving words and actions to come to that. So that is our unconscious. So now if it passes the test, if you will, of, okay, it is safe. Well, now it can go into the front part of our brain, our frontal cortex. And now we can make it, we can be in more performance mode. And the more we can train our brain to be conscious of that, the more we can retrain our, our midbrain, the back of the brain, our primitive brain. It's called basically amygdala retraining or, uh, you know, limbic, the, the limbic response, we can retrain that into the performance mode. We can identify that, okay, these, by making it conscious in our conscious brain, we can recognize that these perceived threats or even maybe something that we thought was physically dangerous, like riding a roller coaster is actually not. And then we can retrain it to actually not respond in that way in a level of survival. So hopefully that makes sense with what happens with the unconscious and how that's always got to be fed first, if you will, and filtered through the unconscious first before it even gets to the conscious brain where an action can be taken around that, whether it's a action based around being safe and certain or unsafe and uncertainty. 
Mm-hmm. No, it, it definitely makes a lot of sense. And I can see how people really find that framework very useful. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, this is kind of the first time that I've I'm really thinking about my thoughts, my own thoughts mm-hmm. and, and what I can do about it. How do you recommend that people increase their awareness of their thoughts other than just like being told to right now on this podcast, like the next days and the next few days that follow, like how can people continuing like just to bring awareness to it? Cause it, it's a practice and it's so easy to forget to be so mindful of them. So do you have any recommendations around that? Oh, heck yeah. And this is where, the, the four pillars come in. So I, I love that question because that'll lead us right into basically the how-to. Because we talked about when you asked, do people want to change? Do they know what they're thinking? And I yes, they know. I think they know, but this helps bring it into awareness and an action around it. So the first one, and that was a perfect question, like how do they do it? How does the listener enact this over time? And the Again, this is again a general format with how I've done it with clients and patients is, and I'm going to teach it in this way because it's a progression, but it's not like, okay, if this first one doesn't work, you shouldn't do the other three. All right. So number one is learn your language. And that's, that is this story. Again, we've been talking a lot about the story and the, the meaning of the story that we tell ourselves. So this is actually bringing the, what we believe out into the light. We're getting out of the shadows. This is becoming more self-aware. So here's how you can start. What I usually train people to do and ask people to do is in the morning, you're hopefully you're in a, a less distracted state of mind than in the middle or at the end of the day. So this is a good time to do it. Find a quiet spot for five to 10 minutes, sit down, you want it quiet, and you want to think about your current goals, situations, the events, things in your life that maybe are not as ideal as you want them to be. All right. And what I want you to do is not just think about them, I want with pen and paper, I want you to write down what's coming into your mind and just free flowing, whether you, where you, whether you think it's good or bad, you perceive them as good or bad, helpful or unhelpful, just write it down. And what do you write down? Okay. Ask, what am I thinking? What are my thoughts right now? How am I feeling like emotionally? What are the behaviors I've been taking? And even what are the physical symptoms I'm experiencing when I'm even thinking these thoughts? Do I feel it on my stomach? Do I feel it on my chest? Do I get a headache? What are these things? So for example, thoughts that you might have is, these are ones even from my life or clients' lives that I've heard and just being 20 some years in practice, I'm never going to get this. I'm never, why am I always the last to know everything? How am I ever going to get through this? Is this ever going to change? I'm so stupid. Why did this happen? Thoughts like those in thinking about the goals, the situation, circumstances, whatever it is, what feelings are you having? Does it, are you worried, stressed, jealous, frustrated? Are you fearful, doubtful? What physical symptoms, racing heart, trembling, headache, stomach pain, back pain, and then behaviors that you're taking? Are you procrastinating? Do you avoid things? 
Do you withdraw from certain situations? Do you compare yourself to others? That's a big one, right? Do you cry? Are you passive aggressive? So these are just examples. And the reason we do this is we need to bring your the meaning of the story of your life or whatever these situations are in your life out of the shadows. And so then you can not necessarily deal with them. We don't have to understand. And I want to make this point where it's coming from and why you have them. It's just becoming aware of what they are now. Now, as you go through this mind, this system, these four pillars over the days, the weeks, the months. And again, I don't want to overwhelm anybody, but just do it, do these next, like this one, and especially the next one I'm going to teach you every day for the next seven days, because it's a good counterbalance. And start with that. Because what I worry about, and I'm going to disarm the alarms here, because what might happen is you might get emotional as things start coming to the surface. And you, it doesn't feel good. Your brain's going to think, okay, this isn't safe. But that's all part of the learning process of ex sorry, observing these thoughts rather than experiencing them. You're not going to be perfect at this right off the bat, but you have to start somewhere. You might, so that's one of the things. Everything might bubble to the surface. That's fine. That's part of the process. And I'm just here to remind you to detach from that as much as you can and just observe yourself thinking those things. So that's one thing. You might not hear anything. Like, I'm not hearing. It's the beginning of the day. Nothing's, you know, quote, bad has happened yet. You know, you, <laughs> so you might not hear anything. Just stick with it. And it will, I don't want to say it will come to the surface because I don't know. It might be under a bunch of layers, but just five to 10 minutes, very non-overwhelming. I'm not asking you to sit there for an hour meditating. This isn't meditation, but it's important to write it down because if you just think it, it just stays right there. Okay. So that's the first one is learn your language. How can you tell if your healthy and not so healthy decisions are impacting your health on a cellular level or even impacting your biological age? Feeling better is one thing and having symptoms get better is one thing, but there's something completely different about having the data and the numbers behind it. This can be very helpful for both your short-term and your long-term goals. We need to be testing ourselves regularly so we know where we stand, whether it's testing our vitamin levels, cholesterol, blood sugar, whatever it is, the proof is in the data. It can be such a pain to get tested through our doctors and our clinics. And when we do these tests, often they don't even give us all the biomarkers that we ask for. That's why I love at-home tests. Um, I find it super interesting to get my biological age test specifically because it indicates how all of my decisions are impacting me. Your biological age is a representation of your health conditions and a predictor of how soon you can exhibit chronic conditions of late life. This is obviously compared to our chronological age, which is just the amount of time that has passed since we were born. When I first got tested last year, my results said I was 19.7 years old. And the second time I was tested, it said I was 18 years old and I was 27 at the time. I recently got my biological age tested again through Inside Tracker's inner age test. And this time it said I was 22 years old and I'm now 28. 
my age actually went up. <laughs> and this is likely because my HbA1c levels were higher after spending 10 days in Costa Rica recently, where I had a ton of cocktails and fruit and carbs, and also just eating more carbs and processed food in the last few months. The great thing about Inside Tracker's Inner Age test is that it actually shows you which specific biomarkers are making you older or making you younger. And it identified that my HbA1c needs to come down because it's actually making me older on a cellular level, which is so helpful to know and know what I need to be doing next. Knowing your age can help you make these changes and help you just really make smarter decisions and be more informed moving forward. I always get tested through Inside Tracker, and you can as well, and use my discount code at checkout, which is BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. It's linked on my website underneath my shop, and it'll be on my show notes as well. Yeah, I mean, you can continue with the other ones if you... Okay, <laughs> you yeah. yeah. I didn't know if you had any questions about that, but yes, it's so this puts it in a framework. So now I said, if you're going to start with two, it's learn your language and then count your wins is number two. I also like calling it find the evidence because count your wins is sometimes people can misconstrue that or misunderstand that as being grateful. That is part of it. But gratitude requires emotion. And sometimes it's hard for people to build up emotion if they're in the pit. But what they can, because it, it is gratitude, if it's if it doesn't match with what their belief is, like for example, an affirmation, saying an affirmation that you don't believe. If you are in, in bed in pain, you can't get out of bed and you say, I am healthy, your brain is going to have what's called cognitive dissonance, where it's just going to say, you, I hear you saying that, but my belief is stronger than you saying that, that I'm actually not that way. So count your wins or slash finding the evidence is actually finding and counting, no matter how small that you think they are, the things and the actions that you have taken, that you've done, that are leading you and progressing you out of the state that you're in and into the goals and getting to the goals that you want to achieve. All right. So with learn your language, that's deconstructing the story that we're telling ourselves with counting the wins. This is the start, along with the other two that I'll share, is reconstructing the narrative, reconstructing the story that we've been telling ourselves and that we've been holding ourselves back. Now, counting the wins, because our brain is conditioned to see the negative, counting the wins is uh, it's one of the amazing things that right away, it starts reprogramming how your brain sees things. Okay. It doesn't mean, all right, we're going to go from zero to a hundred in one time, just like with anything, right? It's doing the simple and consistent work, learning how to do that. And then it will remember those four A's taking the awareness, which is learn your language and going into the accountability, and then now we're going to be adapting. So here's how you're going to count the wins, all right? So this one I like doing towards the end of the day. It's going to start reconstructing the unconscious narrative immediately. You might not feel the effects right away, 
but the neurology and physiology is changing instantly. So towards the end of the day, usually after dinner is when I like to do it, maybe an hour or two before going to bed for five to 10 minutes, you're going to reflect on the past 12 to 24 hours. You're going to think about your current goals. What are the goals? And it could be for your health, your relationships, your career, whatever it is. You're going to think about those. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to list everything in big, bold letters that you did in that 12 to 24 hours that moved you closer to your goals. Not that you reached your goal, but it moved you closer. And a win or the evidence that you find, it doesn't have to be a big aha moment or experience. Okay? Wins, they can be dynamic and change day to day, or you can see and write the same wins repeatedly day after day. And that's perfect. Keep reinforcing that. Because remember, we have enough negative reinforcement out in the world and that our, our brain, can, our unconscious brain can reinterpret. So these small wins day after day, that creates the aha experience. All right. So instead of just saying something that your, your unconscious brain might not believe, you're actually pointing to things that have led you towards your goal. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. I, I used to, I've done this in, in many different ways before, but it really, really does train you to find the positive. And even if it's the smallest thing, even if it's like, oh, I sent this one email that could lead to X, Y, and Z, that's part of my goals. Like it's still taking the time to be grateful for that and appreciate that you did that and just recognize the positive work that you're doing towards your goals. And so many, so much of the time, I feel like we constantly just push the end goalpost. Like, mm -hmm. oh, when I get here, I'll be happy. Or, oh, when I earn this much, I'll be happy. But when you bring oh, in I a practice, yeah. yeah, when you bring in a practice like this, it's like, oh, I'm actually happy right now. Because you know what? <laughs> like, look at all of these things that I've done. Look at all of my successes. And like, it's compounding and I'm actually getting somewhere. Yeah, I'm not sure. Are you familiar with the book or uh, Benjamin Hardy, if you're, are you familiar with him at all? No, no. Now he wrote a book just that came out, I think a few months ago, and it's a business strategy book, if you will, but it still applies to everything. It's called The Gap and the Gain. And it's exactly what you said. Is The gap is that most people focus on is the gap between what we've achieved so far and what we want to achieve. So we're constantly measuring ourselves against where we are versus where we want to be instead of measuring the gain of where we started and what we've achieved so far. So it's really cool. So for example, if we started in a certain position and now we've gotten to a certain point in our health, in our relationships, or we're on that path to whatever our ideal is, which caveat, our ideal consistently moves because we consistently evolve. So if we're visualizing, you know, what we don't have versus what we've already, how far we've already actually come, then we're, that leads to more frustration, lower self-esteem, we guilt, depressed, whatever these emotions are. But if we see 
and this leads perfectly again into the next pillar, which is review your direction. If we are asking ourselves day after day, reflecting on our intentions, our intentions and goals that we have for our lives, for health, career relationships, whatever it is, we're reconstructing, we're asking ourselves, all right, what have I achieved so far? Or how far have I come? What will it feel? What, it, what has it felt like to get this far? Why did I set the goal in the first place? Where were, even where were you when you set this goal? How far, again, I love the one, how far have I actually come? That is such a, a powerful one in experiencing the emotions behind that. So review your direction over time. I know for me, it's taken the place of learn your language. And instead of learning my language, or I do both, I'll learn my language first in the morning. And then right after that, I'll review my direction to get me more in a positive mindset. Because now I'm reflecting on my goals in a positive way. Whereas sometimes, no matter how much practice we have, because we are humans, we can default back to the negative in our lives and have our brain focus on that. So it's good to counteract that in the morning with a review your direction practice where you think about your goal and you write down the thoughts, observations that you come to it with a positive mindset around that, asking yourself these questions like, how far have I come? Wow. Look where I am now compared to where I was before. So often in our world, Brittany, we're, we're, we're taught to don't look back, don't look back. Where no, we want to look back, but look back on the how far we come again, not necessarily how far we need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, it's really easy to get caught up in feeling like you haven't done enough, accomplished enough, lost mm-hmm. enough weight. I don't know, whatever the goal is, right? And it's really easy, like to exactly like what you said, like the gap versus the gain. And I'm gonna go buy this that book after this because this type of thing just fascinates me. Like we, and it just circles back to what we originally said, right? Like we tend to focus on the negative. We tend to focus on what's lacking and missing in our lives. And that is very hard to counteract like day in and day out. It takes a lot of consciousness. It takes a lot of work. And even for myself, I have to be really thoughtful to not slip back into that way of thinking of looking at all the things that I lack in my life. And it's practices like this and a gratitude practice and just increasing mindfulness in general, day in and day out that really, really move the needle and make the difference for me. And I think we also want to understand too, is our unconscious brain and what it has done for us is not, again, it's, it hasn't done it to us. It's done it for us. It's there for a reason. We need it. We're never going to get rid of our negative language, I guess is maybe not the correct term, but it's always going to be there because our brain wants us to survive. But like you said, by bringing mindfulness and consciousness awareness to it, it's going to take it from, all right, I'm on, we call it bound nature state versus free nature. So we're bound and we're all like tied up and we have all these negative emotions and and thoughts. And that's at like a a 90 and it's on its way to a hundred. So we're always going to be somewhere on this spectrum, on this timeline, not timeline, but line of zero to a hundred. Where is, where do I fall? We don't want our unserving thoughts and emotions between an 80 and a hundred all the time. By doing this practice and some, you know, gratitude journaling, whatever what works for us, for you, 
that will take it to where it's, it's at a five or a 10. You're conscious of it. Your brain is, we're controlling this limbic escape, it's called, or this amygdala hijack, where we're managing that. It's there to help us and to serve us and not to cause <laughs> negativity in our lives and in our actions. So yes, that's exactly right. We, we want this because it keeps us safe, but we want to be able to be aware of it and that we are in control of it. Control is always a, a dicey word sometimes, but essentially that's what it is. Yes. So now just to, to review, learn your language, count your wins, review your direction, and then imagine your outcome is the fourth pillar. Again, these can be done in any order, whatever one you feel most uplifted by, you can start with, but imagine your outcome. It's the daily imagining of achieving your goals and changing the meaning of your story. So again, you might say, but I thought you said if our brain doesn't think or we, if we can't imagine that, then it's going to cause this cognitive dissonance. But we eventually have to train that to see the big picture. So if review your direction is more like the weekly action or like seeing how far we've come every quarter, imagine your outcome is what is the 30,000 foot view? So your story happens beneath your conscious thoughts, right? It's called the unconscious flow and it's driving our conscious actions and behaviors. So now with imagine your outcome as we have this foundation with the other three pillars. Yeah, the other three pillars, it makes it a lot easier. So here's how you do it. Simply, very simple, you ask yourself, what do you want? You know, what do I want? What outcome do I want? And you start imagining that on a, a regular basis. And it might be too daunting for you at first because you're we're so distracted by our lives and daily lives. And I love this quote here, let me, from Don Marquis. <laughs> he says, ours is a world where people don't know what they want and are willing to go through hell to get it. So you might not know what you want, but you won't know what you want until you actually define it or ask yourself, what do I want? And sit with that. So once you identify that, and it could be even if you're new to this, starting today, like, what do I want today? What do I want this week? And as you start practicing and getting better at that, now the mental, the meaning of the stories can change, just like our physical brain can change. The connections change. Our mindset and stories can't be forced to change. It's effortless. But this starts the process of that. So here's what you can do. A couple things. One, make a 10-second movie of you doing the thing that you want to do, achieving what you want to achieve. Even if you don't have all the details of how you're going to do that yet, and you replay it over and over again. So this 10-second movie can be done throughout the day where you're like, again, you're in the shower, you're driving to work, you're doing, you're brushing your teeth, doing the dishes, making dinner, mowing the lawn, whatever it is, you could do it throughout the day or make a standing appointment for again, five to 10 minutes each day and you're playing this movie over and over again. What you can do to bring emotion to it, and this is called emotional priming, which I see again, I'm still learning too how to optimize these and how to even bring it out more. It's called emotional priming. So while you're imagining this, and again, this is a positive thing, maybe play some inspiring music to you 
something that brings emotion to you. And then now you're tying that emotion, that that uplifted, inspired emotion to your story, to that outcome that you want. And And we talked about, I think way back at the beginning of this, Brittany, was how the difference between the unconscious and conscious brain, well, the unconscious, and that's where our emotions lie, and that directs our actions and habits and behaviors. So now if we can prime our emotions for uplifting in our the primitive part of our brain, the unconscious brain, that's going to make it that much more powerful to see the outcome that we want and to accomplish the outcome that we want. And I'm going to say this as a recovering pessimist, I guess we call, uh, call me as and somebody who has said this, like, I don't know how to imagine. I can't imagine it. But let me ask you this, if you've said that before, I, I don't know how to imagine. Our brains are imagining every single second of every day. You can either imagine a positive where you want it to go and the outcome, or you can imagine the opposite. All too often, our brain is great, and you're probably great at imagining the negative outcome, right? Like, oh my gosh, this could happen, and that could happen, and I could fail, and I could make a fool of myself, whatever it is. So that hasn't happened yet, and yet you're imagining that. So why can't we imagine the opposite. That might not have happened either. If it has, imagine the heck out of that and create a story around that. So yes, that's what when somebody says, oh, it's so hard to imagine. I put that out there to them. Like you're already imagining. Now we just have to retrain it. And that's part of the imagine your outcome in this. And honestly, it's this whole process. Yeah. Like I, I totally identify with this. And I, a few months ago, I kind of went through a very similar process of writing out the goals that I wanted and the type of person that I need to become to achieve those goals and the identity associated with them. And then I wrote them out and I put them in multiple places in my home. And I actually drew like a picture of what it would look like having those goals achieved. And it's kind of that same thing. Like a movie in your head is also like a great idea, but it's thinking about your life at that point, once you've achieved those things and and just really tie an emotion to it. Like you said, like I love the idea of doing this while listening to inspiring music and just kind of bringing it to life more, I think, in mm-hmm. general. Not just like this far-fetched like thing that you want to do, but rather writing it out, drawing it, making a movie, talking to people about it, and having emotion associated with it so it becomes reality. I think, I think that's what we really need to focus on is like focusing on it more. And I know for myself, like I need the cues around my house. And I need the reminders to keep me focused on those goals because otherwise it's very easy to get swept up into the day-to-day life and kind of like lose, lose focus. Absolutely. Uh, that was beautiful. I mean, you put it there in a nutshell, everything, it, it, daily activity. That's exactly right. We need these reminders. We need these. Sometimes I think, okay, I don't need to read my you know goals or I don't need to have my notebook open or I don't need to write it down. And yet when I if I have those states, I go down into more of this negative state, thinking I, I already okay, I already quote know it. I might know it, but I still need reminders. And I believe we don't a lot of times need to learn new things. We just need to keep reinforcing 
the things we're already doing and, and not stopping the things that are, are working. So I, yes, like I said, you can't see me, but the whole time you were telling how you were doing it, I'm just shaking my head. Yes, that is beautiful. Yeah, it puts it into a format. Sometimes too, it just helps to put different terms. To I know I might resonate with different ways to describe it. And hopefully that helped out with a lot of listeners here where, okay, like the whole gap in the gain thing, that's the four pillars. That's counting your wins, learning your language, reviewing your direction. When I heard the gap in the gain, I'm like, oh yeah, we just need to hear it in different ways and it, it can resonate more and we can relate to it and it makes it easier to implement. Yeah. I also think there's just like an aspect of learning to it as well. You might hear it one way on a podcast and read a book that describes the same thing in a different way. Mm -hmm. And you're just gaining knowledge about the same idea. And it's only going to further like drive, drive the same idea home better. You know what I mean? Like it's only going to yeah. further you towards what you're looking for and what you're doing. So that's why I love having these conversations because there's always like little golden nuggets that I haven't thought about before, or it's reframed, or there's a practice that I, sh that I could be doing. Cause there's, there's always so much to learn. Right. And mm -hmm. we're always a work in progress. It's yep. just, we have to continuously put in the effort every day. And I think that's really what your pillars are all about. Yes, exactly. And I, right. Put in the work. It doesn't have to be, I mean, you heard it would take you what, maybe 15 minutes a day to do all these things, 20 minutes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, five minutes learning your language, five minutes counting your wins, five minutes reviewing your direction, five, not even five minutes of imagining your outcome, it, especially like imagining your outcome can be done throughout the day. It's not like you have to take any time of the day. And I love your input and idea about putting things around the house to remind you of it. I, I will say this, move it around every so often so then it doesn't just become part of the background like a vision board, it can be helpful as long as it's, it is helpful. Sometimes it can just be a picture that we put up there that's there for a year, but we don't have any emotion tied to it. So this four pillar system, this brings it into actionable steps that lead to the adaptation in our lives. Exactly. So if people want to connect with you and they want to dive into this work further, where can they do that? The best thing I would love the listeners to do is one, go to my, it's a simple website. I like simple landing, simple page. It's at Dr. Wolfert. And I'll give you the link because I know sometimes that's hard to spell. B-R-W-O-H-L-F-E-R-T. Those darn Germans like to put H's in the, in, in the <laughs> name, dot com. And that's where you can sign up for my newsletter. And that's where I give a lot of my trainings. Again, I like to keep it simple. I talk a lot about mindset, other healthy living principles. So that's the number one way. I'll also provide a link for you, Brittany, to my cal Calendly calendar uh, for a house call that people can have a 20-minute house call with me. Click on there, pick a time, and you can ask me about your health, your goals, anything's game in that 20-minute virtual house call. Again, it's a virtual house call. I'm not going to come to your house. Unless well, all right. So those are the two best ways uh, for them to reach me and to stay up to date and get these consistent, simple strategies, solutions, reinforcements, just to help them retrain their mindset, retrain their brain, retrain their body and their life. I love that. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And I'll definitely link to both of those things in the show notes and on my website so people can find you super easily and connect and really dive deeper into this work. And I, I think it's super important. So yeah, thank you for coming on and, and sharing with us. I think everyone learned quite a lot. Oh, I hope so. Thanks for having me on, Brittany. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.